Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, All is Calm. Edward looked up at the sky, rejoicing that the incessant rain had finally stopped. True, the weather was still frightfully cold, with a sharp frost. But at least the foul rain had disappeared in time for Christmas Day. Edward, dressed casually in an old stocking cap and an overcoat, looked at his watch. 8.30 a.m. He gazed out over the landscape. Everything was white and extraordinarily quiet. Despite the idyllic present conditions, Edward's memory was filled with the horrors of war as he held his position on the front lines. He was far away from home and was wondering if his mother had received the most recent package he sent her. Home reminded him of the upcoming Christmas party. Food, including plum pudding, and singing a variety of songs from carols to tippery. Edward hoped that, at least on Christmas, all would be calm. He saw four soldiers approaching his position. Edward stood up, and with one of the enlisted men, went out to greet the soldiers. We only thought it right to come over and wish you a happy Christmas one of the visitors told them. I also have a favor to ask you. What is it? Edward asked. I am in a bit of a predicament. You see, I left behind my girlfriend when I enlisted, and I have not been able to get a message to her. Do you think I can send her a letter through you? When Edward found out the town the girl lived in, he knew he certainly would have a better chance to get the message delivered than the young soldier standing before him. Go ahead and write a postcard right now, Edward responded, and I will send it promptly. Though, given the circumstances, don't you think that she would not be too keen to see you again? The young soldier pondered Edward's question. You may be right. Do you know that this war cost me her and my motorbike? Probably will not see either of them anytime soon. The six soldiers enjoyed a casual conversation, talking about a whole variety of subjects. Edward asked the group, What orders do you have to come speak with us? None, was the response. It's the season of goodwill and we thought it was the right thing to do on Christmas Day. Edward, touched by the goodness and sincerity of the soldiers, reached into the pockets of his overcoat to give them a small Christmas gift. The men exchanged cigarettes and cigars before the four soldiers returned to their unit. Edward decided to go to the company headquarters briefly. Upon his return, Edward was startled to see that his men had already begun the Christmas festivities. 
But what surprised Edward the most was that there was a whole gaggle of soldiers, men from various units in the middle of a war zone. Every sort of souvenir was exchanged, addresses given and received, photos of families shown to soldiers who were perfect strangers to one another. One of Edward's men offered a cigarette to one of the visiting soldiers. The guest asked, Virginian? As he pointed to the cigarette. I straight cut, came the response. The visiting soldier shook his head. No thanks, I only smoke Turkish. Everyone laughed. One of the NCOs from a visiting unit proposed some singing. What began as the chanting of marching tunes went on to Christmas songs, ending with everyone singing, Auld Lang Syne. Edward looked around him, delighted and astounded, knowing that such a Christmas party on the front lines would not have been believed, even if it had been captured on film. Suddenly, Edward caught sight of the general approaching, a grin on his face. Well, my lads, a Merry Christmas to you. I thought it only right to bring you over something to celebrate this funny show with. And the general produced from his pocket a large bottle of proper rum. One large shout went up among the men. The bottle wasn't corked. A toast was made to everyone's health. And then the drink was passed on and polished off by the 150 men who had gathered to celebrate Christmas. With that, everyone bid each other goodbye, and Edward returned with his unit to enjoy a Christmas meal of steak, mashed potatoes, plum pudding, ginger biscuits, hot chocolate, whiskey, water, and the best Russian liqueur. Though it is not unusual for soldiers on the front lines to celebrate Christmas, this celebration broke military policy. Even so, the world over was touched by the reports of the peaceful and joyous gathering in which music was sung, food was shared, soccer games were played, and gifts were exchanged, including cigarettes, alcohol, buttons, belts, and Christmas pudding. This is the remarkable event that occurred along the trench lines in Europe in the year 1914, where Entente soldiers like the Englishman Sir Edward Hulse and Central Power soldiers like the Germans on the other side of the battlefield, for a brief moment, laid down their weapons to together celebrate the birthday of him who is called the Prince of Peace, an event in the history of World War I known as the Christmas Truce. And for this week, that's the word. Merry Christmas to you, John Peter, and to all of our listeners, and I am so glad we were able to share this Christmas story with everyone. It was originally meant to be shared last week during the octave, 
But we ran into problems with the story. And I'm so glad we were actually able to get this out during the Christmas season because it's just wonderful to always share a Christmas story. So the issue with this story was we sat down to record it and we're going through the story. And then there's this one part where, okay, we tend to edit when we're doing the story. When we're, while we're recording, we'll do a run through right beforehand and we'll fine tune some things, make sure it sounds right. Make sure it doesn't sound awkward when you say it out loud. And we're thinking, okay, this sounds kind of awkward. What actually happened here to make sure we get this right when we rephrase it? So we looked at the source and some of the sources were kind of muddied. So we went back and did some search and we found the original letters, Sir Edward Holson's book of letters, which was published posthumously. He died the next year. And we're reading through it. And we're reading through it. We had three things that happened in the story that was originally written. One of them was taken out of context. One of them was, it's something off with it. And one of them just didn't happen. Yes. And these were incredible sources that are usually very trustworthy too. But we realized where we were getting these sources did not line up with the original source, which was these letters from Sir Edward Hulse. For example, there's a story about him receiving a Victoria Cross from a German soldier, and this Victoria Cross was from a soldier who had died. So we didn't find the story in Sir Edward Hulse's letters. Now, it could have happened. It could be in somewhere else. It could be in a source that we didn't see. But when we were doing our research, we weren't able to find any other sources that were original. All the sources were seemed to be just repeating each other and repeating, I don't know, Wikipedia or something. And it's very interesting because we both came to the agreement because I originally said, well, John Peter, there's a lot of sources that are sharing this story. But you would think that if Sir Edward Hulse during the Christmas truce received a Victorian cross from a German who found it on the person of a dead English soldier, and we have an extensive collection of his letters published, you would think that he would have talked about it. And since he did not talk about it, we decided even though the story is out there and it's an amazing story, since it didn't come from Sir Edward Hulse himself, and as you know from the story that we did tell, there's a lot of information that he shares in these letters, we decided it's best to go with the facts as presented by Sir Edward Hulse himself. So we went back, we were about to record a story, and rewrote the story with an incredible amount of reading and research. And we did this ridiculous amount of work for you. (laughs) Yes, for our beloved audience. But I also have to say it is also for ourselves as well, because I know I certainly wanted to get a Christmas story out during the Christmas season. It's just very fitting. But more importantly, it's such an incredible story to think about during World War One, and this was at the outbreak of World War One. World War One started in 1914, so this is the first Christmas of the war. And the fact that this happened, and it's not just with Sir Edward Hulse and his men. This happened up and down the line. It was certainly unofficial, and in some areas, there was not this truce. There were actually fighting going on. As we alluded to in the story, and as Sir Edward Hulse himself said, it was 
unbelievable. And really, if someone were to put it in film, you would say that could not have actually happened right in the middle of a world war. To juxtapose what was to end all wars, World War I, we know how brutal that war turned out to be. To be able to see this moment where these men who were bitter enemies could come together and celebrate something as Christmas, I think it gives us hope. Hope now over a century later that in Christ we truly can find peace. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can see the story extras for this story, All is Calm, at thunderrock.org, where you can get a link to see Sir Edward Hulse's letters and read them for yourself. Thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback or story ideas. And I think we mentioned this last week, but we're now on Twitter. We're on Instagram and Facebook. I'm trying to post stuff from the story extras more regularly. If that's your thing, then you can go join us over there. And John Peter and I want to again wish everyone a very blessed rest of the Christmas season. Merry Christmas and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.